0: The following is a special podcast edition of Orange County Catholic Radio. Today, we offer some very welcome and timely news from Auxiliary Bishop Timothy Fryer of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, as he
1: recently sat down with host Rick Howick. Now, here's Rick to get us started. And welcome to a special edition of Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you as a podcast for all of our listeners who are about to be briefed on some very good news coming to you from the Diocese of Orange. And representing the Diocese of Orange is our own Bishop Friar. Bishop, welcome back to our studio. Thank you, Rick. It's always good to be with you. And you are coming to us in order to bring us some very good news. Tell us a little bit about what's changing in the diocese. So we've struggled,
0: priests, bishops, deacons, religious, lay people... During this time of pandemic, we've been wanting to gather together to see each other, to pray with each other, and especially to receive not just spiritual communion, but physical communion. So in partnership with some of the dioceses in our area, Bishop Van has announced that on the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body and Blood of Christ, that we will have in-person Masses now available. That's in line with all the guidance from our own uh, medical experts, epidemiologists, the state, the county. And so everybody thinks that now is a time that we can come together and not end up becoming vectors for the pandemic or the virus. So
1: that is great news. That is fantastic news. There are some details to it, which are to get to in just a moment, but I just want to make sure everyone understands that we're opening back up. The, yes. the diocese is going to have masses again, open to the public for people to be able to receive communion. And we're going to have that start at the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is coming up shortly. That being the case, I understand that there are going to be some changes, perhaps, not perhaps, there are going to be some changes in order to accommodate (laughs) some of the health needs and some of the concerns that we have to make sure that everyone stays safe. A number of the people who are going to be involved with this, they're going to be up close and personal with the virus. Yes. And that hasn't gone away. So we have to take some safeguards. Tell us a little bit about what you've been talking about with Bishop Van.
0: One of the first points that we try to communicate out is that the dispensation from attending mass remains in effect. So you're not obliged to attend mass uh-huh. because if you're over 65, if you have a pre-existing condition, or even if you're nervous that you'll be at mass and during the Our Father somebody takes off their mask, if that's going to cause you spiritual and emotional anxiety,
1: yeah. because we won't we won't have mask police at every pew. Well, and we've got um, other people too, like. F- They might even be 30 years old and very healthy, but they're taking care of an 85-year-old grandmother. Right. So the requirement to go to Mass on Sunday, the Sunday requirement, is still in abeyance. Yes. So you should go if you feel that you're up to it. Correct. But you're not under a full obligation to go. Right. But gosh, we all want to go. Yes. So what are they going to find when they get there? Yeah. So
0: when... You think that, oh, I think I'd like to go this Sunday. My first piece of advice is look at the website and the social media feeds of your parish, because some of the parishes have changed their mass times to allow more frequent masses that mass times have been changed. So if you're used to being at mass at 10 o'clock, well, you might find out that mass was changed to 930 because they're doing different timing. Okay. Well, other parishes are doing an online ticketing system because we still have to limit the number of people that can be in a building at any given
1: time. Tickets. Okay. Tickets. So an online ticketing. Okay, so let's stop and back up for a moment. So the social distancing uh, is also accompanied by, at this point I think still, 100 cap per Correct. building. Per building. So that means that we can get no more than 100 people inside at any one time. And for most of our masses... That fills up in the first six minutes of people walking through the narthex. So they're going to have to have people shut the doors and say, no more people coming in. You can stand outside and listen to the broadcasts uh, over the loudspeaker if it's there. But you're only going to allow a few people in at a time.
0: Yes. And that's
1: going to be hard.
0: And and in some of our smaller parishes, it won't even be 100 because it's 25% of capacity. So if your parish has 300 people capacity, your cap would be a quarter of that, which is 75. Yeah. So that's why some pastors are saying online ticketing. Others are saying, well, you know, if your last name is from A to C, come to this Mass. I'm not sure how you're going to check driver's licenses at the door, but they're trying whatever they want to try, what works best for their community.
1: We have some large facilities, too, that have that could accommodate a couple of thousand yes. people, and they're still only limited to 100. hundred. The, the good news is that
0: on... June 15th, that Monday after our first weekend is when all of this guidance is going to be revised and so we're hoping that but at least that first Other parishes are planning outdoor masses because outdoor masses, you're not limited by a capacity. There is no building. There's no building. So it's as long as you keep six feet of physical distance between each family, you
1: can put as many people out on a field as are able to do so. So the reality is that everyone's going to want to go back to mass and there is not enough room for everyone right. to go back to mass. So there's a number of these outdoor masses that are going to be available And they need to do their research. They have to go ahead and get online and start looking to see what's available where. Yes. Okay, that's going to last for a short period of time, God willing, a couple of weeks, and then the caps come off, but the social distancing is going to stay, isn't it? Yes, that's going to stay. That's what I suspected. So that means in a pew, I assume if you're all members of the same family, you can sit next to each other. Correct. But then no one can sit next to you for six feet. Six feet to your left, to your right, in front or behind you. Oh, so the pew in back of you probably is going to be blank as well. Yes. So you're going to probably be doing every other pew or so. Yes. And you're going to be having probably a family at one end of the pew and a family at the other end of the pew. Yes. Oh, wow. This is going to be really, really hard. Yeah. And then in the fan-shaped
0: parishes that have small pews to the really large pews, you might end up with just one family in those smaller pews and three in the larger pews. and so they're trying to mark out how the seating will work with that. And then what about if a person comes by themselves, how do you fit them into all of this? So they're doing some good creative work. So just knowing that it will be different as far as seating yeah. and how you need to sign up or if you need to to find out where that open air mass is located to give you a chance. And in that case, then you bring your own chair or your own blanket because the parish isn't going to provide chairs for you in, right. the, in the field. So Okay.
1: Now, what about... During mass, are we going to likely have to have face masks?
0: Yes, so okay. the recommendation is that everybody would wear face masks. okay. We're asking that at least as they come in that they wear masks, what we would hope that they would wear masks all the way through the entire mass,
1: so they have to take it down to take communion communion, so we haven't figured that out just yet. So the details the of how to go about doing that yeah. we're going I'm sure going to form some sort of an etiquette. What about communion on the tongue on the hand? there's controversy. Some say it's actually more sanitary on the tongue. Others say, no, because there's too much risk these days. That's a big, hot issue. i bet it is. So
0: there's uh, Thomistic Institute. They've worked with the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in creating guidance. They brought together a number of medical experts, and they said that there's nothing that has been shown medically that one causes greater infection than the other. Tongue or the hand, they both seem to be the same. And then the Holy See was asked uh, maybe a month or six weeks ago, can a priest mandate that people receive communion on the hand? And the response was no, that it is always the decision of the person receiving communion if they wish to receive on the hand or the tongue. You can encourage people. You know, One pastor is thinking that, He'll ask those that wish to receive communion on the tongue to wait until all the others have received just so that the people behind the person receiving communion on the tongue don't get that anxiety right before receiving communion. Uh, Others are talking about a separate station where after the distribution on the tongue, the priest would sanitize his fingers, give to the next person, sanitize his fingers. So there's a lot of talk. But I know many times my hand touches the hand of the person receiving communion with... As try, hard as I try, but when they have their hands so cupped, it's like putting a little piece of mail in a tiny mail slot. It's hard to sometimes harder on the hand than in the tongue.
1: And back in the day when you used to kneel and they put a patent underneath it and then you'd put it on there, it was just a matter of just laying it on the tongue, laying it on the tongue, laying it yes. on the tongue, laying it on the tongue. Yes. And so you never touched anything. Yes. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I take it. There's going to be no availability for communion wine. We're not going to have uh, the precious blood available Correct. for the people because of obvious reasons so that's still going to hold
0: Yeah. so there's no distribution of precious blood but remember that's just a symbolic gesture that you receive a 16th of a host and you're still receiving the whole of jesus christ his body blood soul and divinity so it's not that you receive more yeah. if you get a larger host or more if you receive both the body and the blood jesus is fully present and a drop of the precious blood
1: or a fragment of a host and they call that the Doctrine of Concomitance, the idea that it's all there in the host. Yes. Symbolism is important, yes. but we can get past the symbolism for now. Yes. It's still a temporary thing. And then I take it we're not going to have holy water at this point. No, holy water little is. risky still. Yes. So take good care of yourself to come already yes. in a proper mindset. Yes. Because you're not going to have that little sacramental... Right. to help you. Right. And and holy water, you can still ask
0: a priest, you can bring a bottle of holy water to the parish, ask the priest to bless it, have it at home. You can bless yourself even as you're leaving your car headed into the church, That's but true. it's your own private, so we're not commingling all, all the water that people That's touch. True. So our priests are available to bless holy water, just set up a time that they can do that for you and have it at home or in your car.
1: Now, we're looking at this as a temporary stopgap measure. This is not how we're going to continue with Mass indefinitely. Correct. But for the time being, while we still have this active virus out there, we don't have a vaccine, we don't have an effective treatment, this is what we're going to do in order to get people back involved. But there isn't a requirement to go to mass. You're saying that also a number of parishes, they're going to have more mass times. Yes. So we need to all check our websites in order to make sure that we've gotten everything down. Is there anything else that you can think of that's going to be changing?
0: Oh, quite a few things. Well, let's hear it. That's quite a few things. So, holding hands at the Our Father, which is not actually part of the Roman no, Rite.
1: No, and it makes a lot of people um, uncomfortable anyway.
0: Yes, so that, obviously, we would not be holding hands at the Our Father. Okay. The exchange of the sign of peace, which is optional in, in the Roman Rite, that physical exchange of peace is is omitted.
1: So, there may still be, in some parishes, the actual exchange of the sign of peace, but it won't be a physical exchange. Yes, uh, they might. Used to doing. Um, yeah, they might bow to silent. each other yeah. or
0: just sign, say yeah. hi to, peace be with you verbally, or or nothing. They may just move right into the Agnus Dei or the Lamb of God. So okay. that will be different. There won't be hymnals in in the pews because those would be touched repeatedly by people. Will there be and singing? In many parishes, there will be singing. Uh, what we're recommending as a cantor and an instrumentalist. Choirs would not be allowed at this point just because you are too close in proximity to each other, and the scientists are saying that the aerosolized droplets travel significantly farther when a person sings, I've heard, uh, 16 feet, 26 feet. They're
1: asking people for the time being not to sing along with what the cantor is singing. Yes, Yes. Okay, that goes against
0: really... all that we've been trying to get you to uh, sing and My wife was a choir director and... for a
1: number of years, so that's going to yes. be really hard on the Howick yes. family. Yes. What else is going to happen with this, Father? Uh So liturgical ministers,
0: we may have fewer servers just because we need to make sure that they are safely distanced from each other. And maybe trying to group servers as a family so that they're not in contact with people outside of, of their family before, during, and after Mass. Wow. Some parishes, they're used to having all the hosts in a, a large ciborium. Uh, now, any host that the priests are consecrated, we recommend that they put that way over on the side of the altar and just his host in front of him because he's going to be breathing yeah. over those hosts for a significant amount of time during the Eucharist prayer. Yeah. What if he has it, What uh, if he has it? Some parishes will have communion at the normal time. Other parishes will finish Mass and then have the distribution of Holy Communion. And then the person having received communion, they'd be gradually leaving rather than everybody leaving all at once. How does that work with the
1: rubrics under the germ You could do that? We got permission to do that. Okay. So yes, you to get permission to a, do it. Yeah, so, so it's not it is, a normal. Okay. Yeah, so the
0: U.S. bishops have said that that's a So we
1: can practice. do temporarily, we can move the distribution of communion to the end of the service. Yep.
0: Mass, mass will finish. The priest could take off his chasuble. Or if the priest is elderly and or has an underlying condition, he may not distribute at all. Right. You know, Bishop Van is wisely saying, I'm not going to be distributing communion yeah. because he's a person that would be at risk of protecting Absolutely. this. And yeah. So when the idea of taking off the chaswell, if somebody does cough on you, then you don't have to run to the dry cleaners every time somebody
1: coughs or sneezes yeah. at you. Well, and then when I had Bishop Van on here talking a couple of weeks ago about how this was impacting everybody, One of the things that we sometimes forget is that many of our priests are in that same setting. They're all over 60. And you've got a lot of people who assist at the altar who are over 60. And by definition, they're already at risk. Yes. So what do you do with them? How do you safeguard them? And they're willing to put themselves at risk. Is it fair to allow them to put themselves at risk is the question. Yes. So for coming back, how do we safeguard them? That's a very yes. important question too. Yeah.
0: And And we're not mandating that people be excluded, but we are encouraging if you are in that at-risk population, please stay at home. And even if you're a usher or a minister of communion, if you're at risk, you know, we want you to be with us next year and the year after. So we're encouraging those to stay home. So one of the challenges with some of our parishes, they'd like to have these masses on Sunday, but they don't yet have enough volunteers who have agreed to come to help you know, clean the church in between masses to uh. welcome people. And so they're saying, we, the priest is willing, but we may not have the volunteers that are willing to be trained in order to be able to open up as many masses as we want. So, so.
1: all of you who are listening, if you have the ability to volunteer to clean... We could use more volunteers at most parishes. Contact your parish to find out if they're in need of having people come in to clean in between. I have a specialty question. What about people who are in the RCAA program who've been delayed in being able to get things in? I'm involved sponsoring an RCAA person right now. We're kind of on hold. We're waiting. (laughs) What are the plans for that? Have we talked about that, or is that still in the works? We have been discussing that.
0: Uh, we've got some ideas. We want to wait to see how the weekend of the thirteenth and fourteenth goes, <laughs> because if you bring in you know these people to a mass, obviously they would want their families to yeah, to be there. And so, true. will it turn out that they'll be doing just one or two at a time, or would there be a weekday yeah. celebration? So we've been talking about different options, but we want to just see first how we get through this weekend. Same with first communions of the of the second graders and confirmation of our youth.
1: How do you do no. more than one baptism without a squirt so, gut or something? I mean.
0: <laughs> you, would, you would have a number of different little pitchers or bowls oh, yeah. that, that would be blessed with water because you can't reuse the yeah, same water. Yeah. So, no immersion. <laughs> no, no, no immersion. No going into yeah. a big pool, but it would be on the head. But every person who's baptized would have water that had not been in contact with other water or with other people. So you, you just imagine if you have 25 people that are ready to be baptized, do you have 25 vessels that can hold that holy water or you can just yeah. maybe pour it over, but not
1: enough not to touch, Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. There's, so there's a lot of changes that are coming in, but to make sure that everyone has got it down, we are opening up for business coming up on the feast of Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. and it's going to involve a limited number of people coming in. So check with your parish because your parish website may have a system like a ticketing system to get in. And they're only going to allow up to 100 people in a building or 25% of their capacity, whichever is less, to be able to go in. And this is going to last for a temporary period of time, but temporary could mean a lot of things. So be patient and remember Jesus Christ is present here. Don't lose patience.
0: Yes. Yes. And and many people that we've been experiencing through social media that have reached out to us are people that have not normally come to Mass Some of them have had no faith. Some of them have maybe fallen away from the faith. Some of them maybe from other faith traditions that the pandemic has started asking a lot of young people, too. They're coming to the realization that I might die. What's going to happen after I die? So there's a curiosity about faith. So some of those people may come. And so for those of us that are regulars, I would hope that we'd have that joy and welcome that we would want that person to have a good experience so that they would continue to to want to draw closer to Christ and receive the sacraments.
1: You're not under an obligation to go. There is no sin in not going. Don't commit a sin by being uncharitable. Yes. Got it. Yes. (laughs) Bishop, I want to thank you so very much for coming in and sharing this with us. Would you please lead us in a brief word of prayer?
0: Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, in these days in which... So many are filled with anxiety over the pandemic, fear of their health, fear for their loved ones. We ask that you give us peace and tranquility in these days of unrest throughout our country. We ask that you restore us with a desire for authentic justice, that every person would be recognized as precious, created in your image and likeness. We give you thanks for the opportunity to again come together and to celebrate the Mass, to pray with one another, to be nourished by the body of Christ. Help us to be charitable by loving God and loving our neighbor, joyful and welcoming our friends back to Mass so that they too can realize that not just in word, but in deed, we truly do love one another. And may Almighty God bless and protect you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Thank you, Bishop Fryer, for coming in. You've been listening to a special podcast of Orange County Catholic Radio with some very good news, and we will see you on the radio. Okay, thank you, Rick. It's thank good you. Busy. The following has been a special podcast edition of
0: Orange County Catholic Radio. Please be sure to share this audio content with your family, friends, and all those who could benefit from it. Thanks so much, and may the Lord bless you abundantly.